0: welcome to inside the admissions office the official podcast of ingenious prep and your go-to resource for expert admission strategy my name is noelle and each episode i'll bring you behind the scenes knowledge from former admissions officers about their firsthand experiences reviewing applications our strategies have helped countless students gain acceptance to top universities and we're here to help your student gain that competitive edge and do the same If you would like to set up a complimentary strategy call, simply follow the link in our episode description, and our expert team of enrollment counselors will work with you to create a personalized plan for admission into your student's dream school. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for another exciting episode. Today, we're going to talk all about passion projects what they are, how to create one that stands out, and why they're so important for college applications. And I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Evan today, who was a former missions officer at UChicago, and he shared some really great tips. So whether you're looking for some ideas on how to brainstorm or some guidance on how to narrow down your many different interests, this episode is definitely a must listen. So without further ado, here's Evan.
1: What's up, everyone? My name is Evan Cudworth. I've been in this admissions game for about 15 years. I started as a college tour guide at my alma mater, UChicago, became obsessed with the admissions process. I was just very interested in meritocracy, who gets in. I took a job actually in that admissions office upon graduating. I read over 10,000 applications, worked out of New York, where I was the New York director of admissions, specializing in private schools in New York. and And from there, I moved on to have an independent practice where I've worked with over 150 families one-on-one. My clients have received admission to all 30 of the top schools. My own career outside of admissions has spanned the music industry, startups, technology, wellness. But at the core of it, I'm always so interested in how do we tell stories about ourselves? What is the next step in becoming a better version of whoever we are?
0: Perfect. So today we're talking all about passion projects. We actually got a comment in a previous episode from one of our listeners, Amy. She asked if we could talk about passion projects, go more into how to create one that stands out, makes the most impact in college applications. So I'm really excited to dive into that today. But before we talk about anything else, can we start by defining what a passion project is and why they're so important?
1: For sure. So I think a lot of us have this idea that a passion is something that Like takes over our entire lives. And like passion is something that's going to run through your whole life. But I want to redefine that word passion briefly and think about passion as a curiosity, right? Something that you're curious about. So I would define a passion project as something that you do outside of academics. It might be related to the academics, but something that you do outside of that, that you're curious about, that makes the world more interesting, accessible, or relatable. Passion projects actually help you as a student discover what you do and don't like. So sometimes a passion project, you don't even necessarily have to like that project. At the end of it, it could be something you start off liking, but a lot of students maybe start a project, they're, they're interested in it to start and they realize, hey, this is actually not really what I'm interested in. That still is a passion project. It's still exposing something that you're curious about and you're learning more about yourself in the process.
0: So in the eyes of an admissions officer, what makes a standout passion project? What qualities are they looking for?
1: When I would read applications, we would oftentimes, in the evenings is where we would read applications. And we had been doing emails throughout the day and sort of get to the end of the day. And some things that really stood out as admissions officers is we're looking to build a class of students who are going to come onto campus and interact in interesting ways with each other. So we'd often look for students that were not just excelling inside of the classroom, their grades, but what were they doing in their free time that felt fun or felt interesting for them? We're going to talk a lot about podcasts today. We're on a podcast, but I think podcasts are such a great and super actually easy way for students to explore their curiosities. So starting a podcast, just interviewing your friends or interviewing your teachers or interviewing people that you know around you that's an example of a great passion project because it's something you can throw up onto a Spotify or an Apple podcast. You can link out to that on your application and very quickly an admissions officer can click on that link and say, okay, wow, this student is actually doing this thing. It just gives a very clear example of this student put in some sort of work to show that they're passionate about something in their life. It could be a TikTok channel, right? A lot of people are getting into social media nowadays and TikTok is actually a great medium to like create, All you need is six videos on there of something that you're passionate or interested about. But this is something that an admissions officer can click on and say, yes, this is true, right? Because we are in an age of artificial intelligence and all these different things that are cropping up around us. It's really hard for admissions officers to tell what is real. And a passion project should feel like a stamp of realness that you're putting onto the world.
0: Perfect. So where should a student start if they don't know what their interest is? Let's say they have a ton or maybe they feel like they don't have any interest outside of passing classes, preparing for SATs, et cetera. Do you have any examples of students you've helped in the past who maybe didn't feel like they had an interest to pursue? Do you have any suggestions for projects to start?
1: Yes. So first of all, with students that I've worked with, they tend to fall into one of three camps, right? The first camp is I know exactly what I want to do and I'm passionate about it. I'll go for it. That's the smallest camp, right? Most people are not that case, right? The two other larger camps are, I have so many passions. I'm interested in a bunch of different things. Don't make me choose one because it feels fake. And then there's other people that are like, I don't know. I'm just along for a ride, right? Both of those are okay. So here's an example of what I help students do that are maybe in that camp of they don't know what they want to do at all. And this is a technique that you can use in a lot of different ways that sounds counterintuitive that could be really supportive. So what I want you to actually do is write down a bunch of things that are not interesting to you. Write down what is boring. Those classes, those books, those things that like really did not fit well with you. Make a list and keep writing until you've really exhausted that list. Try to get everything that just like didn't fit for you. All right. And when you look at that list, you might just start to see some patterns evolve and Everything that's not on that list is potentially something that you could be interested in going forward, right? So I think this, for students that are stuck, that can really help of figure out what you don't like, and then you have at least open space to move where you are. If you have a lot of passions and you're having a difficulty choosing, a reminder of two things. Number one, remember passion is curiosity. So I've seen students pick up a passion junior year. They completely shifted senior year, and by the time they get to college, it's something completely else. But they stayed in flow. They didn't give up. They didn't just stop altogether. They continued forward momentum, and that's really what you want to continue here. Whatever that forward momentum feels like, continue along that way. This is not boxing you off and saying you have to do this for the rest of your life. Many admissions officers and people will tell you that I was an English and theater major I ended up working in technology and music and all different types of things are possible for you. But what you get to do is find out what is going to keep you curious to get to that next goal or the next step.
0: I really love your point about combining different fields. I know when I was applying to college, I grew up playing violin, but I was also really interested in beauty. So I had a lot of tutorials and things like that. So when I was applying, I kind of tied everything into how I'm naturally a performer. So I think that's like a really good point.
1: I want to stop really quickly and first say that's awesome. The Tutorials, like that side of yourself, did you bring that out in the college application at all? Did you talk about that?
0: I actually did not. So I briefly mentioned it in my personal statement, but when I was applying, I ended up going to Northwestern, but I did apply to other top colleges, right? And I didn't really feel like they would be interested in hearing about my tutorials or anything like that. So I did tie it into my application persona where I talked about this overarching theme about how I'm someone who likes to share things with their community, create content, be creative as a whole. I really more or less included it as a reference when I was speaking about videos that I created as a creative outlet.
1: So I I love that. I I want to call that out, especially because I think a lot of students think that their passions, whether it's video games or you know, anything that you feel is not scholarly enough, if it's something you're curious about, I bet you can find a connection with something that is academic. And combining those two things is going to be really important because I think sometimes people have these huge, what they would consider like gaps in their resume. They're like, oh, I'm spending all my time doing X. I had a student who was really into World of Warcraft, right? And he was like, I have nowhere to put this on my thing. But it turned out, This person was running campaigns of hundreds of people and he was a leader inside of World of Warcraft and there was politics and there was like all of this stuff that was going on inside of that video game. And that wasn't his whole essay, but we used elements of that to plug it into his world because that was very much a big part of his life. So do not be ashamed of things that you are doing outside that might not feel academic, but you get to find a way to weave that in in a way that is still interesting.
0: And now I'd love to dive into more specific passion projects by major. Can you share with us some examples of passion projects for computer science majors?
1: So if you're interested in computer science, you're probably very aware this is a rapidly evolving field. There's a lot shifting and changing. At a bare minimum, you should be learning coding languages. Choose one or two that you're focusing on. And you should have some sort of project that is being built in one of those languages, right? Whether that's a personal app that you're creating, I often recommend students, however, find, whether it's at your school, a local community, find other people to collaborate on this with. Because if you're building something for someone else, not only are you more likely to get it done because you're going to have somebody else that's like building this thing with you, you're going to potentially have somebody who's going to be able to write you a letter of recommendation and say, hey, this person built this for me. I think sometimes, especially computer science students, they get so caught in like their own beautiful fantasy worlds in their heads that the project either never gets done or they have nobody to show it to and they just built it for themselves. So great passion projects I've seen that people have built are somebody built like a a scheduling tool for their school. So their school is literally using an old Excel doc for everyone to sign up for classes, and they helped build a whole thing that allowed students to like sign up for classes and do that type of work. So that's like a very practical example. But I saw somebody who, for his Boy Scout troop, created a hiking trails all across the state that he had built and kind of built a way for Boy Scout troops to figure out where to camp and do that type of work. So again, this could be what you're passionate about and still give you the skills, but provide support for other people along the way.
0: So we actually had a listener reach out. Their question or main concern, I guess, is that he's very passionate about video games. He shared with us, you know, I do tournaments with my friends. I love to dive into the strategy of the game, et cetera. But it's not really something he feels will be taken seriously by colleges. And also, of course, computer science is such a competitive major. And I'm sure there's so many students who say, oh, I'm passionate about video games. And that's why I want to apply as a computer science major, right? So he had asked, is it enough to create a tournament in my school and organize that kind of showing leadership to colleges? Or should he flesh it out a bit more in order to stand out?
1: I don't have the stats in front of me. But again, I've worked in the music and entertainment industries. And I'm going to get the numbers wrong on this. If entertainment was of $20 billion industry. Video games is like a $100 billion industry or something like that. Don't diminish the importance that these video games and this video world is having on the the economy and on colleges and places like this. But your point is very valid, which is, okay, how do I demonstrate? So you mentioned a tournament for the school. I, I think that's a good starting place. I would actually encourage students to look more into the Building and the creation of these games. So, like the storytelling elements of it, or how does a game go from idea to production, right? So, whether that's teaming up with an English teacher to look at the stories from your favorite video games, but the back end of how those games are produced and built, and all of the collaborations that have to go inside of that, my invitation for you would be get curious about. How are these games built? How do they make money? Looking back on like the money making behind these games, like what is the business models? How does this all work? And maybe it's writing about the future of that specific video game or sort of how it works there. Creative tournament could be good, but I'd invite you to go a level deeper and find the curious academic side of that, whether that's a business angle, a storytelling angle, or a technology angle.
0: I personally love the storytelling. I think that's a super fascinating angle. I know there are a lot of like ancient civilization games. So it's interesting to kind of think about that as well as the marketing and business aspect of it. So moving on to more business projects, do you have any suggestions or ideas for students wanting to pursue a marketing or business major?
1: First of all, know that business slash marketing is what we refer to in the admissions world as one of the oversubscribed maybe. And By that, we mean that it's kind of a default of like people, I don't really know what to do, which is okay. This is fine. But it means it's oversubscribed. It means There's a lot of people interested in it and they might not even be very sure why. So if you are interested in one of those fields to be taken seriously and to stand out, get very specific here. And so this is where I think a lot of students starting a podcast can be super helpful in helping you get very specific. For example, I actually had a student who was a hockey player and this was during COVID. And so all of high school sports got shut down and he was supposed to go to college for hockey. And he was interested in business roughly and was like, I kind of want to just go. (laughs) We call them finance bros. But I was like, well, what if we start a podcast? He was very resistant. He was like, I don't know anything about starting a podcast. I was like, do you have a phone? He's like, yes. I was like, all you need is a phone. You don't need a microphone. You don't need anything. It's free. There's this thing called Inc. Anch- it's like Spotify for podcasters. You literally just take your phone. You record voice memos of you talking with a friend and you throw it into Spotify. That's all you need to do. I can teach you how to do this in two to three weeks. What he did is he started to interview first his friends who their offers had been rescinded from college because of COVID and because all of sports was setting down. And then he started to interview coaches and he's was having these really cool conversations And was getting into the whole economics of why do colleges have sports? Who pays for the sports? And he started to uncover all these things. He uncovered this whole love of sports journalism and audio journalism. And he took that business interest. And as far as I know, I think he's at Duke now doing that type of journalism and business match together. But I don't think he ever would have found that unless he had those conversations. So if conversations even seem scary for you, and I get it, many of us feel that way, you can start just hyper-local and find something that you and a couple of your close friends are interested in and have 10 to 15-minute conversations about these things and see where it goes from there. So the first two or three conversations you have might not be the podcast, right? Maybe the questions you came in with were really boring and you're like, okay, we're not going to go there anymore, but you don't have to publish the first two or three conversations that you have. This is a process like anything else. The same way that when you try to solve a complex equation the first two or three times, you might not get it, right? You might have to have some guidance and have some help. And I know at least that in Genius, there's so much support that you're going to get along the way if this is one of these processes that you want to go along. But yeah, know that you're not in this alone. Look and see if your school has like an audio video club. Maybe it has some sort of journalism or like content team that are already doing some of this type of work. And they're probably really excited that you're going to take an interest in what they're doing too. So if you're ultimately too scared, try to find somebody else to do this with you.
0: And what about for students who don't feel comfortable speaking, but still would like to take on some sort of marketing project?
1: Here's an example where actually a TikTok could be a great way to go, right? You don't have to speak at all on TikTok. Let's go back to that student who is interested in like video games, but maybe wants to do like the business side. Of it. There are dozens of books out there about the business of video games and what's the future of this. Create a TikTok where you break down, here's the five things you need to know about this book that I read about video games. And just grab text, create five bullet points, scroll some text over you playing Call of Duty, throw it onto a TikTok and boom, you've got a TikTok account, right? You don't have to worry about views. You don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. This is just you getting in the process of sharing this information. And I'd say about 80% of students that I've seen do this work actually end up building an audience and loving what they're doing. You don't have to be on camera. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You're simply writing, putting the text up and creating an opportunity for other people to find that. And I want to revisit like a couple things. So. We've talked a lot about business and marketing and music, but say students are interested in like a teaching profession. One of the coolest projects I ever saw a student do was they literally took their high school like AP curriculum and they partnered with a local youth penitentiary, students that had been incarcerated. And they helped bring some of that curriculum into that penitentiary. And this was like a two-year project, right? This took a lot of time and energy and effort, but this was one of the most rewarding, and I, this student got into every single Ivy that they applied to. This was a really cool project that they did on simpler elements. I've seen students publish eBooks. It's very simple to write a twenty-page eBook, either about something about your experience, maybe it's summarizing some other things that you've read. You can self-publish that on Amazon, and boom, you have an eBook. So these things are a lot more accessible. It's going to take some energy on your end. Yes, you can ask for help from Ingenious or from other people, but these are the type of projects that not only are going to get you noticed by college admissions people, but are going to be the skills that are going to put you ahead of other people when they get to college. And you're going to, people are going to be like, wait, you already have a podcast? Or wait, you've already published an ebook? Like, how cool does that feel if you already have that under your belt by the time you get
0: And of course, clearly, these are all such time consuming projects, you need to dedicate so much time to it. But let's say a student is in 12th grade and didn't realize prior how important passion projects are. And I know right now we're in such crunch time. But let's say we get to time travel back to August, and they have a couple months before they have to apply. Do you have any examples of maybe some shorter passion projects?
1: Yes. So I'll get I'll I'll plug the podcast one more time. Again, you can in a In two weeks, literally, you interview four friends, you record, you take those voice notes and you put them up onto a Spotify or Apple podcast. You create a very simple little piece of artwork for that and boom, you have a podcast and you can link out to that. A couple other things that you can do, you can do the same with like a very simple website, like a Squarespace. I think it's like 25 bucks or something like that to create a Squarespace website. If you have a bunch of artwork that you've produced over the years. Maybe you have a couple performances that you've recorded or something like that. But like really throwing something up very simple, I think is a good way to start there. But really, I'm going to just keep plugging the podcast. I think that's the simplest thing. You can do.
0: And I know colleges really look at impact and motivation behind projects. So I know in a previous episode, we talked about leadership and how a student could say, you know, I'm president of five clubs, etc. But Schools really want to know, what did you do? What was your impact? Why were you so passionate about these clubs? So let's say a student starts a podcast, right? I'm going to publish four episodes within four weeks. But how do students show impact? In other words, how can they show colleges that this podcast was not just something they did for college, but something that was meaningful and that they were passionate about?
1: It's a great question. So that question will become very apparent to you as you hit publish each time on one of those things. Look for those moments of either surprise or excitement that come up in the process of doing it, and that will be your impact. You don't have to necessarily demonstrate, the world is a different place because of this podcast, but simply the changes that happen between you and the couple people that you had these conversations with, oftentimes that's going to make for a better essay because it's real. It's grounded in like a, the now and it's grounded in emotion.
0: So you just mentioned the essay. So my next question is, once a student has a passion project going, where is the best place for students to highlight these passion projects in their applications?
1: First of all, this should definitely be a block on your activities section of your common application or your coalition, whatever that application is detail what it took to go into this, including a link out to wherever this is inside of that place. It's a little tricky sometimes, but as admissions officers, if it's an easy to copy and paste link, we are going to go visit it and they'll see it in some way. Mentioning it in your essay in some way is great. I wouldn't make it your entire essay, right? Because as we talked about before, it should kind of be in harmony with something else that you're doing. A great start to an essay is the last thing I wanted to do was start a podcast, right? Like I was afraid of talking to people. You talk a little bit about that podcast, but then what does it lead into? It's like during that podcast, again, coming back to that guy who was the sports, the hockey bro, you know, it's like, I came into this literally just being bored during COVID. And I actually discovered that I'm really interested in the economics behind the sports that I play. And that's where I want to spend my time. And I never would have found this unless I pushed through my own discomfort. And like, I was really good at being uncomfortable on the ice, but it was really hard for me to do that when speaking to my bros, right? And so like that whole essay, it's not just about the passion project. It speaks to a larger growth arc.
0: Just a couple final questions here. I know you touched on this briefly, but let's say a student has a lot of different interests in very disjointed fields, right? Do you have any tips on how students might be able to combine them? Do you have any examples of how you've shown students how to combine very different interests into one?
1: Yes. So I face this as well, you know, us multi-hyphenates, right? What I would suggest is let go of the idea that the application needs to encapsulate everything about you right? It never will. It never was from the beginning. Like it was never going to be able to speak to everything about you. Remember that there are people on the other end that are reading this application that are not just looking for the best version of you. They're looking to fill slots inside of their school. So this is where research around where you're applying to school is very important because we talked about those oversubscribed majors. If you're applying to Northwestern Kellogg business, and you don't have a really clear idea about the history of Northwestern's economic programs and like who teaches there? Why do they teach there? What's the culture of the economics and business program? Being in Chicago in the Midwest is very different from being in Columbia or NYU. Learn the culture of the schools of what you're applying to and try to fit inside of that and speak to those types of people. So if you have multi hyphenate things, remember that there are other people that are trying to relate to you. And if you can be more specific and try to fit into some of theirs, you're going to relate better to those people.
0: I love how you mentioned researching schools because even when I applied to Northwestern, I applied as a dual degree student. And looking back, I do think I got accepted into Northwestern and rejected from others because I did fit that dual degree interdisciplinary kind of student type. So I think it's a really good point to research the school, understand what you're applying to, and get a sense of what schools are looking for as a frame of reference when you're creating your passion project.
1: Yes. And this is, we didn't get to touch on any of it today, but I think this point is what really separates students that enjoy this process and students who sort of are just like going through the motions and end up pretty miserable throughout the process. We started this podcast with the word curiosity. If you're not curious about the schools that you're applying to, if you think that you are the gift to this world and that you're so passionate about things that people are just automatically going to like what you do, you're in for a very rough process and you're not going to be very successful during this process. And again, we don't have time to go into this, but as an admissions officer, I would literally get like, hey, we need like 15 astrophysics majors and we're really looking for people from, the Southwest who fit this type of profile. And that's what schools are doing is they're trying to fill in an entire class of people. And yes, you could be interested and passionate, but if you are not interested in what that school is looking for and you haven't asked those questions and looked for those types of things, It's going to be really difficult for you to stand out in this process.
0: And of course, I think it's ultimately hard for students to predict what schools are looking for unless they do work with us at Ingenious Prep, and we can give them a little bit of insider guidance. But I guess the bottom line really is be authentic because no one can really emulate you. You're really the only you in this world, right? You may not feel unique. You may feel like you have a lot of interests that may be very similar to your peers, But at the end of the day, there is something very unique about you. There's something unique you're passionate about. So my takeaway is just do that. Yes, think about what schools are looking for as a frame of reference. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to pursue something you're passionate about because it's your passion and your curiosity that will help you stand out.
1: Yes. And it's such a hard balance to strike, right? Be yourself. But do the schools are looking for. I think your advice is spot on. Nobody else can emulate your voice and who you are. And that's why I think these projects like podcasts and like TikTok channels, your voice is going to start to feel more authentic. You're going to have more opportunities to feel like yourself and to show that off to a college. But if you are creating purely in a vacuum of your own head and kind of lost in that, like, I'm just unique and people should like me just for myself, I think it misses out on what the Best part about college is, which is like I was matched up with super weird people in my dorm. We didn't share interests. We had to listen to each other and realize that it's almost about 50 50, right? Like be yourself, but also listen and be very prepared to just listen carefully to what else is out there.
0: Perfect. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't touched on already when it comes to passion projects? Yeah,
1: it's kind of an unspoken part of this college admissions process. But uh, it is, I think, the one where if you invest time in this part of the process, in that passion project, it's going to have the highest return after you get to college. Because when you learn these skills of how to start something, how to collaborate, how to bring other people into your vision of something and then bring that to life, that's what college and especially post-college is all about. It's not just about writing an essay about your interest, right, which could be interesting, but you never have to write personal essays after college. Passion projects are what business and life and art and all of those things are about.
0: Well, thank you so much, Evan, for sharing your insights and expertise with us today. I know our listeners will take away so much from this, but before I let you go, I do have one final question. If you could give one key piece of advice to students or parents, and this can be anything, college applications, what would that be?
1: We'll come one last time to that word curiosity. Be curious about this process. The families that i found that have the hardest time along this, I would sometimes call them like bumper sticker obsessed families. Like I want to have this bumper sticker on the back of my car and that's all that I care about. Listen, having goals is really good and important. But if you get stuck on a bumper sticker, you're not driving the car. You're standing behind the car and watching it drive away. That's not what life is about. Be curious about this process. Be open to different types of possibilities. The schools that you think are going to be a great fit for you, they might not have the program that you really want to have. For so many years, University of Chicago, where I went to school, amazing school, there was no undergraduate business program. And everyone would apply thinking they just wanted the bumper sticker of University of Chicago. And so stay curious, don't obsess over the bumper sticker, and you will emerge from this process feeling a lot more successful.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you would like to speak with one of our experts, you can set up a complimentary strategy call with one of our enrollment counselors by following the link in our episode description. And for more information and access to additional resources, you can register for our webinars, which is also linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, you can email me directly at noel.kim at Thank you for listening to another episode of Inside the Admissions Office, and don't forget to follow the podcast so you're notified every time a new episode is available. That's all for now, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.